All people are when you manifestations obey God's word of that was built by slaves. Reality. And I watch my daughters. There is nobody that respects women more than I do. This Hey everybody, Michael Gunger here. I've got with me in the studio today my lovely partner, Lisa. Hello. Lisa or Isa? Can I call you Isa on this podcast? You can totally call I me Isa. I want to call you Isa. Oh. I like I like Isa. I like it too. It's nice. Like that one. I've got a few friends calling me that right now. I kind of like it. They said I don't look like a Lisa. I don't know what a Lisa should look like. But I, I don't want to like insult any other it, Lisas out I there. I know. So maybe we sh- shouldn't. But a Lisa. And I guess I shouldn't want to insult the Lisa in here either. <laughs> But who is Lisa, really? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so first I should say, this podcast is not searchable on iTunes. That's a problem. It's a problem. And even if you search for my name, this podcast does not show up. This has been brought to my attention. <laughs> so I have to change the name of the podcast. Uh, so it's going to be called Loving This. I think that's nice. I like that. I You're, like it a lot. Issa's the one who you you came up, or I had a list for you, and that's the one you liked. It is. So, thank you, Issa. And if you don't like it, you can send your complaints to Issa Gunger <laughs> at I don't give a damn dot com. <laughs> okay, so for today's episode, we still had some. Well, a lot more questions from the online mm-hmm. questions that were asked. And rather than me just trying to read randomly, I thought it'd be fun for Issa to come in here and ask whatever she wants of these questions and we can make it a little conversation. Yes. 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 Oh. Thank you. Oh, Good you're welcome. Mm. Mm. Okay. Well, I just, I don't think, I haven't been on this podcast before. No. And... I just have to tell you, husband, I love your book. I love your stuff. I think it's great. But I love it. I love I love this But the, the southern book. accent when you said it, why? I don't know. You know, it was probably a, a sense of a slight a slight um I wanted it to sound a little funny instead of super sincere and I don't know why hmm. that I felt that. But it's okay. Both are okay. And I also think it's funny. I just think that accent is funny. Anyone who has that accent, I love you. I think it's funny. <laughs> well, I think there's a certain element of like, I mean, we sleep together and we did last night. It was great. So like giving compliments to the spouse. <laughs> there's always a, a little bit of an element that it might sound, I don't know, cheesy. Uh, so I think that's why I did the voice, mm. but I should just tell you, I love the book. Oh, thank you. And I'm glad. And the voice is you. funny. It is funny. I think I do it rather well. <laughs> um, oh my God. Okay. I'm going to jump right in here. Um, so I didn't know which, <laughs> I don't know if it was that good. It was it real consistent <laughs> in its location. No. 
this isn't consistent at all. I'm going to work on it. It's going to get better. It's. <clears throat> I feel stoned. <laughs> you look stoned, but you always kind of look stoned. Was I took that CBD oil? That Pete's, stuff, like yeah, the one that Pete says yeah, to take the Charlotte's Web. Oh, <laughs> maybe I'm going to advertise it on here because it's really fun. <laughs> You're going to give them a I free, just feel real happy, a freebie? And real goofy. <laughs> Charlotte's yeah. Web, keeping your work fun. Keeping the work fun. Maybe they have better slogans than that. I just created a jingle for them for free. <laughs> Keeping the work fun. Yeah. You're Maybe welcome, Charlotte's go. Web. You're welcome, Charlotte's Web. And thank you, Isa. You're welcome. Do you I hope they pay me lots of money. I hope so too. I hope so too. Oh. Um Okay. So there's a, I don't know which, I don't really know which question to start out with, um, but. I bet whatever one it is, is going to be the perfect one. Oh, I see what you're doing. <laughs> one is jokes. <laughs> <laughs> one is jokes. <laughs> one is jokes are some of our favorite jokes. Mm, there's no way it couldn't be perfect. It happened. I'd like to start with one of. My questions. <laughs> oh. Just <laughs> <laughs> reading through all of them I'm like, nah. Nah, these guys, I don't know. I'm going to Emmett Francis. All right, wait. I would love to hear your questions. Oh, uh, okay. Well, and I'm, and I say that because I think, I think this question of mine actually covers a lot of people's questions. As I was reading through your Twitter, there was a lot. Okay. And I'm also just, curious about what your question is even if it doesn't have to summarize those other questions well and i know i know these answer for this so i mean we sleep together i know the answer you keep mentioning (laughs) i just want everyone to know did you guys know did you guys know we sleep together and it's great keep saying that and it was last night it was so fun i'm just very happy (laughs) charlottesweb.com <laughs> I don't know if that's the real place Charlotte to get better it. be sending us some cash money okay it is, this is just a question that I hear a lot of people ask even with a lot of our friends I struggled with it a lot and I know that you struggled with this um, so it's about like reattaching so um it seems like when people see, like they see what is, um, they're aware of awareness, there's a strong tendency for the ego to continue building stories. There's like a reattachment happens. Mm-hmm. They feel this like constriction. Mm-hmm. So like right after the moment of awareness, seeing whatever you want to call it, waking up, you feel, it can feel really simple. It can feel overwhelming you can feel high you can feel whatever but but you i so often felt and i've hear it from so many people like they it's like a coming down and then they get confused again and the thoughts start coming in and um so it, it can be really confusing uh the ego wants to like solidify that it's here in the story so 
what was really helpful for me was to talk to you a lot about how that oscillating felt. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've, I've, we get to talk about this all the time and I think other people might appreciate like how to know how that oscillation felt for you and mm. what you've done to calm the thoughts and to not freak out and your the constriction in your body like what what do you do to um calm the constricting hmm. Ooh, into the deep end of the pool <laughs> and also what's your favorite pizza <laughs> second question uh, i like the barbecue chicken pizzas pretty good 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 good, good. okay um yeah that's that's great that's a great question and i think what happens when our bodies begin to doubt with for those of us who have seen if you've seen like oh I'm not Michael Gunger. Michael Gunger is this story. If you've seen that you are, or or maybe maybe you didn't have words for it, but a lot of people have these experiences where you feel one with everything, where you feel your sense of personal um, boundary, where you normally feel you're the person inside the skin and everything else is outside the skin. If you felt those kind of, the oneness of all. Um, then what happens is the body begins to kind of reacclimate to its conditioning. So the body has spent year, its entire life being mm-hmm. conditioned that it's a separate organism that helps it stay alive on some level, but it's constant conditioning. Hey, Michael. Hey, Michael, what's happening? Hey, Michael, don't do this. Michael, eat your vegetables. Michael, don't like since I was a kid. Michael, oh, good boy, Michael. The whole thing is this training to this body and it's really conditioned to think of itself, even though it's a constantly changing pattern of movement as a thing, as a somebody, as a Michael. And so then when some of that gets questioned and in an experience, oneness is experienced and immediately that for a lot of us, the doubts start coming. And for me, they came it was like almost waves of, of frequency. Like at first, after I first really saw through the ego, I had had mystical experiences where I felt one and everything, but where I really had a clarity of seeing through the ego as an illusion. And that was the mechanism by which all that separation was happening. That was in 2016. And then the oscillation, as far as like moving into experiences that really felt constrictive and all of a sudden I'm Michael Gunger again being really offended that the the lady I remember you remember the first I remember the first big one was this airplane ride I was with you and the lady told me I couldn't bring my guitar on. oh yeah oh yeah and I saw it starting to happen <laughs> I was like I'm Michael fucking Gunger <laughs> it was so this strange I felt like guitar. you're I felt your old energy of that. I was like, oh, like another person has just entered the room that I used to know. (laughs) I'm back! I'm back, baby! (laughs) But it's just old. It's like muscle memory. It's like, yeah, there's some old songs we've been 
joked around the other night we were you and i were singing old worship songs i mean other night i don't know when that was <laughs> but we're singing all these songs we haven't even thought of in so long some of those songs we sang i hadn't thought of in 20 years but i still knew them i still had them in my muscles and in my bones somewhere they're like they just kind of it just arises out. it yeah. just comes out old old memory old muscle memory yeah and um so even you know the mind can see through the illusion of ego and see through the illusion of separateness and be like oh i am and that's it there is no mm-hmm. there is no after i am that's real that's anything other than a story and you can see through that with your mind but that doesn't mean that when you get cut off in traffic that the acid doesn't start going crazy <laughs> in your stomach and then loving like, that response too even like i mean i remember if that acid went off and something or like i yell at the person or i honk at them and then i would immediately feel like i missed it mm. like oh uh, a, a person that is aware doesn't respond that yeah. way and i really had all these judgments for what i should how sh- i should react and like that all of my reflexes would just disappear yeah yeah and that's that's the work i think is learning to put a putting yes back into it i like how richard Rohr talks about that a lot he talks about yes um and i i think the no's just stacked on top of each other are what create that wheel that cycle of suffering so you you see something that you don't want in this you experience this as it is and you say no i don't want that guy to say that thing about me on twitter yeah and and then you notice oh no i'm getting bent out of shape about something that i shouldn't be oh no look at i'm caught in my thoughts oh no i'm (laughs) (laughs) it just spins itself out of control so yeah, throwing a yes in there, saying when you at whatever point of the cycle you realize, oh, look at my ego doing what it's doing, trying to keep my body safe. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, body. I, I love you. Have been, I think, huge, huge yeah. for me. I think huge for you too. Um, and it it makes me that leads me to like something else we were talking about. Um, that is also encompassed in some people's questions. But the other night, we were talking to, or we were talking to your sister. I don't know if you've already mentioned this on the on this podcast, but I was talking to your sister, and we're f- friends with this actress, and she was like, "Your sister was like, I don't like knowing that you guys are all friends, because that makes her character not real on the TV show," mm-hmm. and. And then I'd equate that so resonated with him in, in me because there was a time where I was like, oh no, <laughs> it's a dream. The story is not real. And I really wanted to believe it's real. So, like, I, I just wonder how many people, I don't wonder how many people, I just, I find it interesting the difference between people who, who can see and there's this beautiful, 
oh, good, wow. And then someone else who's like, fuck, <laughs> no, I am real. I wanted my character to be a real thing. Um, and the, the actress on the TV show is such a good analogy to me. Um, but what would you say to people who are feeling the, oh, no, <laughs> Oh no, the, I really mm. like the story. Uh, I, get, I, like, I would have an answer for that, but I think it's really interesting. What, what's your answer? I mean, I'd ask who's, who's worried. Like you're somebody saying, oh no, I like this story. Who's the I still that likes the story? Is it awareness itself? If it is, then there's no problem. Awareness gets to keep doing the story. There's, if there's a problem to be found, it's because you've constricted your awareness to the story itself, to the ego, to that ball of fear, like Mason said. Um, and when you bring your identity into that constriction, then it says, oh no, I feel like I love my story <laughs> it's, it's like pretending that yeah. it's awareness mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> thinking that the I is just the unquestioned all um, but if you're thinking it it's not <laughs> if you're thinking that there needs to be some sort of questions answered uh, and thinking that there's a problem by not knowing or thinking that something needs to be oh no what happens if I lose my story what do I what will I become mm-hmm that's only the ego thinking that shit. Yeah. And not even, that's the wrong way of saying it. The, it's the ego taking credits for those fearful conditioned thoughts that are arising. Mm. So these thoughts arise from the body. Those have been conditioned. They just happen. Um, and spontaneously arise. And then the ego, that ball of constricted muscle in the... <laughs> And, and thought in the human being says, look at my thoughts, look at my doubts. And, oh, I am afraid. I And then it makes it worse. And it's just like that clinging on to the, the circle, the cycle of suffering. And, uh, yeah, I think that's enough words for me to say. <laughs> and those are my words. <laughs> <laughs> The next one, the next uh, one we've got is Ken Hendricks, old Ken Hendricks. He says, can you break down the parable of walking your dog in the rain? Could it be summed up as joining with our ego in suffering? Is it autobiographical? Going through the book a second time, I felt like I cued into some flavor of it, feeling like sin, quote, sin, in the first portion. One thing jumped out, joining with your ego in suffering. Mm. And I would just point out who is the one who's joining your ego? What sense of separateness can do something like that? That's not the ego. Uh, I don't know if that made sense, but with that, it's actually identifying as the ego that causes the suffering. So in the walking the dog parable, 
Um, this dog, this guy feels like walking your dog in the rain is the worst thing possible. It's like, his just, why would anyone do that? It's fiscally irresponsible. <laughs> it's fiscally. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, like you can ruin your clothes, ruin your shoes. You gotta, you gotta buy more dog shampoo. This is so fiscally irresponsible. <laughs> <laughs> just, it's, it's a waste of your time, too. It's a waste, you know, it's just, it's not good. Really bad. And so then by the end, you see, he, he begins to doubt it. When he sees a woman who walks her dog in the rain, and she's fine. They seem happy. And for the first time, questioning his fundamental assumption. He never asked like, why? It just was, how can I not walk my dog in the rain? You know, what are the consequences of not walking my dog in the rain? What can I do to not walk my dog in the rain? He was all the way down in the assumption. When he backed up one step and said, why? It actually led him to one more question, which is even deeper than that. Who is this dog that I'm talking about? And he looks down and he doesn't even see a dog. And I think we always have this, we get lost in this deeper level question, like where you've already made the assumption. So like, you know, we get, well, what does the Bible say about homosexuality? And we, we've we made it as like a couple assumptions already, like that that matters. <laughs> 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 that God wrote the Bible and that, and even in that, that God is correct. <laughs> I hope my mother's listening to this. So what I'm saying is like you get you get to a point you keep asking the questions and I think the final question is who. Hmm. So you've been thinking how and why and you back up one step and you go who who's asking? Because <laughs> <laughs> if there's no who Who's asking? Why are you asking? Like, it doesn't, doesn't, it's the only reason you would ask if you think you're a who that needs an answer. (laughs) (laughs) And it's been interesting, like, being on this side of it, as we talk to friends and talk to people, like, we've had some... And I've felt that at times, well, I'll feel like I get stuck in something and we're talking about something. You'll say that. I know Fred Davis has asked me that a few times. Who's talking? And it feels frustrating, I think, Mm. sometimes. It almost, it can feel like, not every time I've I've experienced both perspectives on, mm, I've had two experiences with hearing that question. Mm. One is, I'm frustrated at you. You know what I'm fucking talking about. Uh. And the other, (laughs) (laughs) so like the laugh, I think some people can experience um, a frustration and an anger, especially if they hear someone saying, who's talking? And then hearing laughter, like we're both Mm. laughing now. So that just, I just thought about that. Like, I love being able to laugh about it now. But when you're, oscillating quite frequently yeah, yeah. that's really hard yeah. and it can f- it can feel like a haha fuck you hmm. question who's 
who's asking the question? You're like, well, me. I'm the old. It's me. Yeah, I'm asking. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what What would you say to that frustration no. that people may feel? I mean, I know what you'd say. <laughs> what would I say? <laughs> feel it. Love the frustration. Um, love what is arising. What else? Yeah, I mean, I well, what I what I felt was it's one of the hard things about this talk, trying to talk about this stuff is it is it is insulting to the e- not insulting it is um, dangerous to the ego, mm-hmm. and so confronting the ego can actually cause suffering for the ego to constrict more. That's mm-hmm. That's a risk. That sucks. Um, because why I'm here is to help ease suffering. That's why I'm at the end of this microphone right now. So yeah, I'm, it just makes me like, ah, oh, how can I? Mm-hmm. How can I love in ways that minimizes that response? Mm-hmm. Like, I. <laughs> Maybe that's why the people... Maybe I'm just an idiot for <laughs> just putting this out on the internet. Uh, somebody was telling me recently about... Um, I think in the Ramdas world or something, there, there's something that a lot of the followers talk about called the big, the big teaching. And uh, you don't really talk about the big teaching. Mm-hmm. And there's like questions about some teachers who just do... And that's basically, it's this. <laughs> this is the big teaching that there is no you that needs to be taught anything. Um, and that's a, it is like the, the least popular possible message. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, it really is. Um, and just throwing it out there is going to be received by so few people if it's said directly. Um, mm. and it can't be truly said directly, but it can get closer. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I think Jesus was wise to try to put a lot of this into parables rather than saying it so clearly. Usually <laughs> he said it a few times, you know, this is my body. This yeah. is my blood. Yeah. It's pretty literal. Mind being the Christ, the universe. Um, but yeah, putting it into like, let me tell you a story about a guy who walked down a road and needed help. Yeah. 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 But it's all, I mean, yeah, do what you want to do. Put this on the internet or don't. I know. It's all, I know. It's but yeah, all beautiful. Just, feeling the natural like laughter at something and then not realizing how that laughter is experienced by so many different people. Even that is like a, Oh, like a sadness to that to me. Oh, and I didn't. Yeah. I know. But even in me saying that, like there's a lot of people who experience the laughter too. I know. But that's all. Yeah. It's, that doesn't mean you don't laugh. Oh, of course. I'm going to keep laughing. Yeah. My eating something is causing. Also feeling the sadness that. Yeah. 
that one person's laughter is another person's pain. Yeah. It's part of the beauty of it and part mm-hmm. of the pain of it. Mm-hmm. Like, we couldn't have any of it without all of it. Mm-hmm. Dave Barrington, he said, Can you delve further into karma? I guess I'm stuck on the duality of the westernized version of it. Hmm. I'm not I'm not an expert in any like the original meanings of of these words or anything. I'm not a scholar by any means. Um my understanding of karma for what I've heard of the concept spoken by others and how I interpret it into my world is basically how everything goes together. It's it's how the thing moves, the thing being all of it. And my journey, the things that this body will experience going through life, um, and whether this body becomes free or not in its experience of this is not something that an, a little ego in in the body isn't like driving the car and doing so like there's karma is the action of all of it and so my body just has its karma its connection to everything else it's connected to my dad's karma to my partner's karma like what what they do affects not just them, but it affects me. And what I do doesn't just affect me. It affects all bodies. It all goes together. There's all this karma being created um, of, it's just basically movement. It's, it's, um, if I stick my finger into a whirlpool, it subtly affects the entire whirlpool. And, and when we create suffering, for ourselves, we also create it for others. When we ease the suffering of ourselves, we also ease it for others. Um, so karma, I don't see it as like, when I remember putting it into the dualistic framework of Western Christianity, evangelical Western, Western Christianity, and um, in trying to understand it, it felt like, okay, God somewhere, so that other up there somewhere has like cursed people with bad, like if they did bad things, now they've got this kind of sinful black orb around them. They've got to work off through time or something. It's not, it's in more in that frame of a universe. I don't think it's that at all. Um, where like mm. you have, Oh no, I'm mm-hmm. creating bad karma. Now I'm going to have to live yeah. another life as a sick person. <laughs> yeah. Or as a rat or whatever. Yeah. And and also, I mean, you'd said just a minute ago like are you going to create more suffering or ease suffering? I think what I've found also is that even when you ease someone's suffering, that's creates suffering for someone else. <laughs> the potential yeah. you choosing to be free 
has caused other people suffering. Or the woman who leaves her religion for freedom causes her family suffering. Um, whatever. I mean, it's just the whole cycle of it. Yeah. I mean, to be as clean as possible with the language, which you can't be totally clean with it. Um, but like, I don't think you can, the way I'm using suffering in, in the book and usually on the podcast is I, I don't think you can cause anybody suffering. Yes. Yeah. Um, you can cause people pain. Yeah. It's a dangerous thing to say though. Cause it's, <laughs> it's dangerous. <laughs> Because you could really, really easily abuse that. Yeah. Well, I'm not causing their suffering. It's their problem. Yeah. Um, but I don't think somebody... I think more people would be likely to to hear something like, when your suffering is eased, someone else's suffering is increased. Then you're causing them suffering. It actually kind of like... Hmm. Would... Would easily stir somebody to grab on to uh, fear or confusion or trying to figure it. Yeah. Rather than like, you don't need to worry about it. You can't, you can't do anything. <laughs> yeah. Well, and this is like, this feels like a great lead into um, Holly's question, um, which I think is really, you and I have talked about a lot of the, when you talk about things that are held in your body when it comes to trauma. So her question is, when it comes to suffering related to trauma from abuse, to eliminate the suffering seems like a discrediting of personal experience, which feels like a a dissociative uh, PTSD response. Um, What is a healthy approach to suffering, quote, stories in trauma-related issues? good question mm-hmm. what do you think you know I I mean I've thought about this a lot because I think as similar as our stories have been are there's so well there's a lot of similarity and there's so much that's not similar and so childhood trauma that I experienced you know, as you know, they don't know this, but <laughs> they're, uh, just this year I'm learning how to release that in my body. And I think it created a lot of suffering. I was experiencing a lot of suffering. I was experiencing pain because for the first time in my life, I was um, letting or finding the places in my body and my brain that was holding on to those traumas and learning how to release it. And it, but I think I was, I was frustrated because I, I thought, Oh, I'm only identifying with my story. And I kind of thought once I can, once I'm aware, um, that I wouldn't be triggered. I wouldn't, like we talked about earlier, I wouldn't have those reflexes. And so I think the work of the body is, and people who have experienced trauma is, um, is really important. And I don't think this conversation invalidates the work that needs to be done in the body. But I, 
I understand what she's saying. Like it could create this dissociative feeling. Um, but what I found is the more I've gone into my body and go and uh, love the places that I've that hold the trauma and the work that I've been doing in the body, it has led me to a bigger release. And those are the times I feel um, less attached. And but yeah, and for people who are experiencing um, trauma or who, who have experienced trauma, I'd say this is not the book for trauma. <laughs> yeah, it's not. It's, it, it's, it, this is, um, it's a lot like you're, you're going underneath all the stories and, but I don't, yeah. but I think it's really vital and beautiful for it. But if you're struggling with that, I, my advice would be see a trauma therapist, um, yeah. read some good books that I'm, there's, there's a bunch of different books that Hillary McBride suggests, um, but really having um, a therapist on, on your side to help you walk through those things is, is super important. Yeah. This is getting under the stories, like Lisa said. And I think some, like trauma and therapy and all the shadow work stuff, that's in the story realm. And it's totally necessary work in order to especially in order to not cause other people pain and suffering. I think it's theoretically possible to have this total full of shadows and full of dangerous stories uh, person who could stop suffering by seeing the meaninglessness of it all and by just mm-hmm. letting go. Um, but then that would be a, really destructive person. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a really powerfully destructive person because without any fear of fear or concern for consequences, because what does it matter? There's nothing happening. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be a, a dangerous, <laughs> yeah. a dangerous person. So the, um, the story work of like making sure your body is, paying attention to compassion and and, and the love within itself and, um, and the fear that comes from trauma and like dealing with that in a way that allows the body to make healthier decisions and not just repress and and run away from and attack and like these Mm -hmm. extreme responses. A lot of times that trauma can provide uh, as the most helpful response. But yeah, I think you're right. And there's a, there's like a fundamental difference between this work. I, I don't think it's that people that have trauma shouldn't wake up mm-hmm. and, or that like, if you have trauma, you shouldn't listen to this podcast. Mm-hmm. It's not that either. It's just, they don't have anything to do with each other. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 You're not, you're not discounting or telling people to like, just associate from no, no not at all. <laughs> that's not what's happened it's not like this doesn't it doesn't discredit the work that the good work that needs to be done in the body to uh know the the body's safe what i've experienced is the more i've had the privilege of getting help and having a therapist who can help me get in to 
the places in my body and my brain to help release the trauma. And a lot of that has been just done. It's just been personal work, like body meditations that I'm doing. Um, but the more I do that, the more I'm able to zoom out and see, oh, there's nothing wrong. <laughs> there's nothing yeah. wrong. There's nothing wrong. It's all, and I've been able to see that every trauma mov- moment was all, and again, this these I know that these things can be easily misunderstood when you say there's nothing wrong. Yeah. Because uh, <laughs> you're like, oh, there's all these things wrong in the world. Obviously, anyone listening to this podcast, I think, under maybe understands that. But the more I let go of that, the more I was able to see how love, it was all love. Every moment, every yeah. trauma was all love trying and totally unaware of the pain that it caused, but it was all love being. Yeah. And what's so tricky about that to say is it's only can be spoken from a level back, a yeah. click, like a click back in the, in the telescope um, from micro to macro. And most of us don't live there. Mm-hmm. So that's why it's not, it's sounds so horrible through a certain lens and it is like it's that it's back to that Romeo and Juliet mm-hmm. uh, example that I used a few episodes ago about like if you said that there's nothing wrong with Romeo and Juliet and you're talking about it as like a, a play critique and like well, this is a it's perfect but mm-hmm. it, it's a, there's nothing wrong with it and then a character in Romeo and Juliet hears that there's nothing wrong with it yeah the father of Juliet yeah uh, yeah. Yeah. So um, <laughs> there's sound. nothing wrong with it from a click back where it's all just yeah. this. I think there's a part in your book where you said, let's see, I have it on my phone. You said, when you, yeah, when you know you're dreaming, you're free to play whatever, whichever games you wish. I think the first time I'd heard something like that, even that sounded like, oh, isn't that cool? What a privileged place to live in. You can do whatever, do whatever you want. Um, <laughs> I think we started talking about that word like yeah. a couple of years ago, actually, with some friends. Like, and you, we were talking about that. Like You're going, Lisa, you're doing what you want. Yeah. And I was like, no, I'm not. I, yeah. There's all these things I have to do. And we have kids and what I want to do is not take care of the house or do the laundry or pay bills. And, um, I don't want to worry, but someone has to worry about blah, 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 to make (laughs) the practicalities of life. So it, it, it feels like a lofty, super privileged statement that took me a long time to understand. And then when I think when I finally got it, I didn't know what game I wanted to play. Hmm. Like when there's all these have tos and there's yeah. your whole life is programmed and filled with like the purpose. Dri- <laughs> I didn't read the purpose driven life, but oh, you're a bad Christian. I knew the purpose driven life, but there, but there was. Even though I didn't read the book, I think I didn't have to. I knew what my purpose was, and that 
drove so much of my life. And then once that was cut off, I kind of felt like a, oh shit, I don't, I found great purpose in, you know, helping build beds for kids in orphanages and teaching music classes for them or providing a church for people so they could feel like they belonged. Like for me, there was all this giving I was doing. The purpose of my life, I think that there was a scripture. Is this scripture? Is this the Bible? Without vision, the people will perish. Yeah. Oh man, and that was like in me. And so when I could see it was all a dream, I felt like for a little while I lost any. I didn't. I didn't know what it was. What's What's the game you want to play? What What the fuck? I don't know. Anything can happen. I can do anything. It was almost like the. I felt overwhelmed uh, with the option hmm. of what could be, um, and so then I went for a little for a little bit. I felt like I was totally stuck, and I wouldn't didn't do anything. Hmm. But then it was. I think I for yeah. I'll go ahead and respond to that if you want to. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny the feeling. So the feeling of opening suddenly finds a really clever way of constricting back by yeah. saying, "Oh, anything's possible." What? <laughs> Any? No. No, nothing is happening. Yeah. And nothing is possible. Nothing is going to happen other than what is. Yeah. <laughs> so it's never what is, is just what is. And then as it happens, that's how it's being experienced now. And so the freedom of saying, what do you want? It's like anything. It's only free until you really... If you go all the way with it, you it suddenly loses. It's a, it loops back on itself and, and contradicts itself. Like you can't go all the way with any idea and not eventually see the absurdity of ideas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, like, so go all the way into do what you want. The beginning of that is a, a lovely, like, for me, was a lovely opening of like, oh, I don't have to clamp down in fear and worry about what I'm going to do. It's, it doesn't have to be something. I don't have to make the right decision. There's an opening to that. And then a really clever way that the ego gets in there, yeah, is like, Okay, so what am I going to do? I, little separate me, what am I going to choose out of all these possible this is that are not this? That is the mech, that is the ego. That's what it does. It's like, ooh, this could not be this. And so it becomes a seeker of that which is not. It's oneness looking for some other oneness. And... um. So yeah, the 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 phrase like he's saying, you can do whatever you want, is only helpful until it's not, <laughs> or vice versa. Um, 
But for me, when I would, if I would say something like that, you can do whatever you, and you're doing whatever you want. All this is desire. Life is suffering from the Buddha. I think that it's all desire. The universe is desire. It's, it's movement towards, like out of itself into a yin-yang, out of stillness, out of nothing, out of void into form. And that move is the move of desire. It is the move of suffering. And the more constricted it gets, the more acute the suffering gets. And um, so you doing what you want, that's what's happening. You ultimate, you, the I am, is manifesting a universe, is being a flower and a tree and a guy looking at the flower and the tree. And the thought wondering who is this guy looking at the flower in the tree (laughs) (laughs) and (laughs) and um but it's all desire and so what happens is a lot of times we feel like we're living for some higher good so i i'm not doing what i want i am serving the poor so i am a better ego Mm -hmm. than you um, but what's actually happening is that ego thinks that serving the poor is going to make it a better ego uh-huh. <laughs> and that will make it happy. So it, it does what it wants and serves the poor. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting. I, I liked that. I mean, I liked the whole book, but I, most of my life has been so social justice oriented that that really helped me. There used to be a lot of tension like for me, like I have to do this thing for these people. And don't you all see these kids over here? Like it, the problems of the world were so overwhelming. And then, Oh, and then if you feed these kids, what about these kids? What about this problem? Oh, and then nobody's talking about this problem. And I felt so stressed out and so much tension in the body and now it's just overflowing love and a beauty that is just the flow. I'm in the flow and I don't feel the tension or the have to. It's the want to. This is Bob and Court, two people. Bob and Court. Bob and Court, first thing I would like to recommend is that you get separate Twitter addresses you know sharing your bank account is one thing but twitter account you know don't tell them what to do because who am i talking to who are you bob and court they're one already they don't care if they have the same twitter account but what am i supposed to say to them as a as a you're talking to them already you're talking to the one already like imagine i know bob Bob and court imagine i know bob and court all right what am i going to tweet to them that's a real specific message. So like, oh, so are you your your answer to court would be different if it was you don't you want to know, am I talking to court or to Bob? Yeah. Cuz your answer would be different. Maybe. Not in this podcast cuz I have no idea who they are. <laughs> and now they don't listen to this podcast anymore because we've been teasing them for having the same Twitter. But <laughs> You've been teasing, correction. I would like I'm to bring you into it because you have more social capital with most people than I do. Wait, you'd like to what? <laughs> What? What? Because I have I'd like you social... bring, bring you into it. <laughs> because people will like you. Got it. Yeah. I'm just kidding. I mean, it's it was true. Just Historically, I've been more likable. That's true. It's because I do things like this. You're a more likable person now, though. 
than I used to be. Mm-hmm. Thank you. You are always likable to a it's degree. It's like kind of a backhanded compliment. <laughs> I think people it's, like you more now than they like me. I think it's the tables have turned. You are less of an asshole than you were the rest of your life. <laughs> I'm just leaning, leaning back on the keyboard and enjoying that one. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Mm. I'm so glad. <laughs> I actually am not anything but glad about it. Yeah, I know. I was an <laughs> asshole. Yeah. <laughs> you were. Uh, so, a little bit lighter question, but maybe it's not. You could take it. It's what is light? Oh, what is deep? Okay, okay. Favorite sexual position? I was just going to say... That's not in there. Nobody asked that. But I want to know. I already know. I like the <laughs> naked ones. The ones where you're naked. I love that. Where, the one where I'm in proximity to you. Those are nice. Yeah. I like that too. Someone asked where... I, I like this question because it wasn't like, what was your favorite part of the book to write? But where was your favorite spot to write? Hmm. Where? Where? I was trying to do some throat singing with it. it didn't yeah. really work very well. Um, where? <laughs> <laughs> it didn't work. Let me try again. (laughs) It kind of had it almost. That's what. That's where. Did you hear that resonance? (laughs) Yeah, I did. In the overtones. I love my nasal cavities. Um. What? And that's why they call me what Issa. What was the question again? The, the <laughs> throat singing, that's what... And that's where do why. I write my book? No, where Where was your favorite spot? Yeah. Oh. I don't know if I had one. Oh, I wrote on the beach a couple times. That was nice. I don't... I like... Here's what I found when I write a book. I... I do interact with the environment energetically in some way, I feel like. So what happens is I often get it like writing in a space. And then when I feel the juice start, like start wearing out of that place, then I move somewhere else. Yeah. A lot of people don't do that. But like, if, yeah, so if I'm sitting in the house writing on the couch, the juice starts wearing off, then I'll go sit in the backyard or go to a park or I don't know I wrote in a lot of different places yeah. all the, including the elliptical machine and all those things that I was uh, put all those on there a couple of those were a little gimmicky I was After, just gonna say like I liked the gimmick it worked for me thanks the audiobook I liked the audiobook thing when you're like recorded your voice on the elliptical thanks all the different that places. was definitely gimmicky because yeah. I wasn't recording my audiobook on the elliptical machine <laughs> Thanks. But I was honest. Wait, was I not? 
I, w- I feel like I was going to tr- try to go record it with my phone at each place, but I may have cheated at the end. Which one did I think you cheat I, may, I think I may have like inserted sound effects for some of them. There was one where you whispered. Was it a, a library or a bookstore and you weren't actually there and you just whispered into a phone? We don't want to know. We're gonna, just don't, don't ask. Don't ask. We want to believe it's real. We want to believe don't the ask, story. Don't ask, don't tell. You know, those were the best. Those were the good old days. Don't ask, don't tell. Oh, the good old days. <laughs> the old good old days people, when we used to not let women vote. Yeah, where you just you just women would just get sexually assaulted and not be able to tell anyone about it you just took the joke a little too far (laughs) the good old days those good old days (laughs) i mean i'm obviously against that (laughs) it's a sarcastic joke but i see your point Oh, the good old days when you could just when when rape was sexy in the movies on Blade Runner. She's like, no, it was a little uh, no. He's like, yeah, I'm forcing the door closed. Pre me too. Yeah, pre me too. Who boy? Pre me too dot com slash Charlotte's Web slash the good old days. Slash biz this podcast, <laughs> but is unsearchable, so he's changing the name. Slash slash loving this podcast. Loving this <laughs> and if even that remains too generic, <laughs> it's, loving this d- podcast from Los Angeles, California, with Michael Gunger, Vishnudas dot com slash biz slash dead ass. <laughs> I don't know how we haven't lost every Everyone. segment at some point in the show. Like, oh, I don't know about this show. <laughs> For every possible person. No, it can't be it can't be so. Oh. <laughs> oh no. I hope not. I hope there's a few of you listening still. <laughs> I hope that too. Uh, I'm looking... F- Do we need more questions? Where? No, we've been talking a long time. It's been a while. Okay. I think We can uh, do something else another day. If you like this, <laughs> can you be like a few thousand more people and listen to it? <laughs> asking for listeners the end of this podcast you're just I'm going just to speaking the to you the capital U can you if you want me to keep making this fucking podcast <laughs> I'm gonna need more than 200 people to listen to it but why do you need that? I don't. You I'm don't just, need it. I don't need that. You that don't need a that. Joke. I took the joke too you far. You know what you did? You took the joke too far. <laughs> yeah, I actually just enjoy making it because it's really ridiculous. <laughs> you don't need anyone to listen. I've got one podcast that has millions. Oh, can I tell you how much my my listeners. other podcast has? I'll send you and the this stats. This one has. Tens of listeners. Tens. Tens. Tens with a Z. 
<laughs> Maybe if I make it searchable. Are all the listeners our friends? Like, <laughs> <laughs> they're probably not even. Our, I guess they're not our friends. Our friends don't care. Well, but you're here for fun. the big teaching, guys. And the big teaching <laughs> is nothing. Is nothing. <laughs> If you're tuning in uh, to uh, Loving This with uh, Michael Gunger, you're going to hear a lot about nothing. <laughs> if you really want to hear about nothing, go join an awakening session at awakeningsessions.com. Or go take a poo. <laughs> Either one. Either one is really fine. I make more money if you go to awakeningsessions.com. Mm. That's true. But I have nothing to teach you that if you're really paying attention, if you're really paying attention, taking a poo could also teach you. <laughs> it's right there for you. <laughs> but if you want to pay me to point at the poo. To tell you about to tell the you nothingness of the poo. I have nothing to tell you about it. <laughs> Worst salesman of all time. <laughs> well, yeah, I have no interest in selling you anything. But it actually has... Uh, except been, Charlotte's ex- Web. Except Charlotte's Web, which you can find at <laughs> charlottesweb.com. Again, that web address is probably not correct. It's not correct. We're but not I actually might selling actually something. ask them for a sponsorship because... We've said it so many times. Yeah. And we like and it. I, you I feel great? feel nice. Nice. Has this been a coherent podcast? If not... You can blame charlottesweb.com. <laughs> what is charlottesweb.com? Poor charlottesweb.com. It probably is. It's CBA, CBD, C- ABC, CD, E, D, B, D, I's. Oh my gosh. It's just falling apart. It's falling apart. It's falling now. apart. It's entropy. It's God going back it's to the It's how herself. everything happens. Oh, it's form moving back to its source void, which is also the source of form because they're the one and the same CBD and now oil we're... dot Charlotte's web slash biz dot Michael Gunger's new podcast that needs a more specific name <laughs> dot romance dot slash we did it last night (laughs) everyone hates us (laughs) 